From Bureaucracy's basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Each week, the dedicated staff of the Bureau meet to make recommendations, file reports, and survive on water that drips from the boiler pipes into our open mouths as we sleep on a bed of dot matrix printer paper in the back room. One day, maybe we'll escape from this subterranean hell, but until that day comes, the city is not going to improve itself. So here we stay, improving things. Oh, and this meeting is now in session. Best of the season to you. Oh, best of the season to you. I'm How are think. you doing this fine budget season, Aiden? Oh, the bu- the budget. What a, what a wonderful, the most wonderful time of year. Uh, I've been uh, I've been getting into uh, a social media app that all the kids are talking up. Which one? It's it's this super cool, like not at all weird and creepy app where professionals get together and like just gab. It's called LinkedIn. Ooh, has it helped you get any employment? What? What do you mean? Isn't that what it's all about? Is like finding and attaining like more and more better employment. Oh, you know, I, I get these emails saying, "Hey, Aiden, twenty-two people have noticed you," and I just I just feel good about that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, people are looking at your profile. You know, now that I think about it, it's actually very creepy. I I find it creepy because I've been getting emails for like the past two weeks saying Aiden has invited you to join LinkedIn. Oh, and you thought that was. Yeah. I Well, I, I wish you'd respond because uh, I don't I don't really know anybody else on LinkedIn and nobody talks to me. So, uh, oh, and frankly, I th- actually thought it was like a way to like. I thought it was a dating app. Um, oh. Yeah, I joined. So oh. you, you, so I, you know, I, I guess, I guess that's uh, there's the confusion. Like you know, people notice me and notice my profile, yeah. but then you know, it, it just all they do is offer me like positions, huh. employment, like in other corporations, and uh, Paul. <gasps> Those those weren't the positions I had in mind. If if you know what I'm saying, and you do, you don't. Okay, yeah. that's a silly joke. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but no, I so I created a profile for you because you weren't responding. Oh, thank you. That's my invitation. Thank you. So, well, let me know if I get any jobs. Um, uh, well, I've I've chosen not to go on LinkedIn because I don't want to join a social media uh, place where the people are like. Older and less funny than the people on Facebook. That's that's a good point. Uh, anyway, so I but I, I did I did find a professional uh, social media network. Uh, it's called Tinder. So uh, nice. I've, I've put out there that I'm looking for a job. Oh, good, good. Yeah. Any yeah. any uh, any yeah, interest? Yeah, but they're very inappropriate. I you know it's it's a very weird professional network. So. Anyway, so but I'll let you know if any uh, if any jobs come up. All right, thanks. All right. Um, well, should we do the one that we have currently? Oh yeah, let's do let's do this job. I mean, yeah. I mean, we are here. Uh, should we do attendance? Uh, yeah, that's usually how these meetings start. Okay, just a sec. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna look you up on uh, LinkedIn. All right. Um, says he. I, I said you're a yak herder. I mean, that's just that's just my little joke. Uh, it says you're Paul Duchenne. Yeah, I am. Okay. I am. And you know, in another life, totally a yak herder. 
Totally, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's how I got through university. Yak herding in the summer. No, oh, yeah. Like uh, some people are baristas. Some people work at warehouses. Yeah. You heard it. You herded yaks. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's when you went. I guess you went to university in like the Mongolian steppes. I, I don't know. No, no, no. Oh. Uh, just here on the prairies. But you, there was oh. that whole fad in the 1990s where uh, yak milk was a thing uh, they thought was yeah. going to happen. It was going to like break Saskatchewan big mm-hmm. on, you know, the bespoke milk scene. <laughs> bespoke. It never really took off. But I'll tell you, like yaks, stupid, stupid animals. Um, I think they were a little bit traumatized because they're used to being, you know, surrounded and like climbing up and down mountains. And here they are on, you know, the plains of Saskatchewan. And they were just kind of like wandering around confused going, how do I go up from here? Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. I had lots of time uh, for my poetry though. Oh, nice. Was it, uh, did, you, did you recite it to an audience of yaks? Yeah. Yeah. It would workshop a lot of it with the yaks. Uh, a lot of it was yak themed because, you know, mm-hmm. write what you know. Yeah. And, you know, and write, write for your audience. Yeah. The other thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But just as uh, yak milk never really took off in Saskatchewan, neither did my yak themed poetry. Yeah, the nineties were a terrible, terrible time. Really- uh, yaks and emus, if you recall, yaks and emus mm. all over the place. Um, yeah. anyway, I should do my, uh, let's, let me look yeah. myself up here on LinkedIn. Um, oh, I've got a note from the actual founder of LinkedIn it says I'm, unemployable and i am my account has been suspended Ooh, ouch eh, it happened i didn't know i didn't know linkedin was so judgy you know i i guess uh i guess it says here that uh, they normally don't do this but a brief look at my resume uh confirmed that that they were shocked that i even had a job or knew how to use a computer in the first place that's, who knew that's harsh it is but you know harsh but fair right can you at least download your personal information before they uh, close out your account completely? I'll try and do that. Okay. Make sure. Anyway, I'm Aiden Morgan. Yeah. I'm here at this meeting along with you. Yeah. And we do not have quorum. I'm no, suspecting. we do not. Well, let's pretend we do and okay. make some binding resolutions as we go. Okay. Um, well, to start, as I mentioned, it is budget season. And budget season always puts me in the mood to give gifts. Yeah. So um, little project I've taken on. I've gone out. I've bought, I, I bought some stuff for our city council because they're going to be working very hard this mm-hmm. budget cycle. Uh, the first budget meeting is uh, tomorrow from when we're recording. But the budget meeting will likely be carrying on through to when the budget meeting or our QCIB meeting actually broadcasts. It could oh. be even happening during the broadcast because there are over 80 delegations who will Holy be speaking. Moly. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is a record. Uh, that is if everybody speaks for their five minutes and there are no questions and no gaps between delegations, that's already seven hours of meetings. Wow. Yeah. Let's let's hope nobody gets peeved and storms out at any point. Yeah. yeah. So I decided that, you know, I think our counselors this year for the budget season deserve a little something special. So I bought them all a copy of Walkable Cities by Jeff Speck, who's a famous urban uh, planner, 
uh, part of the whole Strong Towns movement and Walkable Cities is one of like his sort of like really important texts where he talks about how to like take your city, uh, whatever city it is, and shift it from being very car focused to being very pedestrian focused, very cycling focused, uh, very, very people focused, basically. Hmm. And uh, I figured this is something that, especially after the year we've just had, uh, this was something that uh, needs to be more seriously considered at city council. And uh, I'm kind of, I've also bought myself a copy. I haven't actually read this book. So I'm kind of imagining this as uh, a book club that will be happening in my head. I'm going to be reading the book <laughs> and, and, and hoping that our city councilors are reading it along with me. And uh, hopefully, um, I, I don't know, maybe we'll somehow become more simpatico about uh, what we're expecting from our city because we're all part of this like little walkable cities club that exists in my mind. That's, that's, that's really thoughtful. Actually. I like that. I actually, I bought them all something too. Oh, what did you get them? Uh, I bought them all LinkedIn pro subscriptions. Nice. Because you've, are are, are you concerned that they may not have much of a job after they get finished with their terms? (laughs) Well, at the time I, I, you know, I didn't realize that LinkedIn was a professional network. Mm. Um, I thought maybe they might be lonely and would wanted them to get some action. Yeah, dating opportunities afforded by uh, well, what I thought was uh, you know a different kind of app. Um, But I also got like a a thank you message from the CEO because apparently uh, that's like the when I bought those like their their LinkedIn Pro subscriptions now measure in the in the dozens. Oh, yeah, (laughs) nice. So. So there you go. Yeah. So, you know, and which makes it all the more bittersweet that they, that they suspended yeah. my account. Uh, you brought yeah. them so much business and they still kicked you to the curb. I know. I know. It's, you know, I, I understand that capitalism is cruel, yeah. which is why I like the public sector so much. It's hard to beat. Really. Yeah. I mean, they, they give you a job, put you in a basement and leave you there. That's, uh, yeah. that's my idea of like heaven. So that's what I want from employment. To be, to be locked away in a basement and forgotten completely. Yeah. But anyways, um, yeah. So this budget, uh, it's not just, you know, going to be a lot of delegations mm-hmm. in a very, very long time. Um, this is, we talked about this last meeting. This is the most, I don't know, dramatic, most soap opera-like budget process that I think the uh-huh. city's ever had. Yeah. It's our first multi, multi-year budget, 4.67% mill rate increase this year, 4.66 next year, we know, because they, they planned out two budgets in a row. Ooh, okay. But the other thing that's happening right now, uh, it happened today, uh, there was the, the court case that, well, the court action, the Councillor Daniel Blanc, along with Councillor uh, Stevens and Florence Stratton, brought against the city manager for not including funding to end homelessness in the budget document. Like it's not included in the math. Right. And that went to court today. And uh, I didn't go because there's the ductwork doesn't, I tried the ductwork from city hall basement <coughs> does not reach to the courthouse. Surprise, hmm. surprise. We should build that. We should build some extra yeah. ductwork. Tunnel, tunnel yep. to the courthouse. Um, the, the court happened apparently... It's about what you would expect, but the judge has reserved their their opinion until tomorrow. So today's the 13th. Uh, we won't be getting a an opinion on what to do about this until December 14th, which is the day the budget starts, which is a little inconvenient because the court 
order is supposed if it is to come through it would compel city administration to include this funding to end homelessness in the budget which they're actually going to be discussing on the 14th so surprise the court's not much faster than city hall so <laughs> this is true but it feels more urgent it certainly feels yeah. more final yeah. and definite and i don't know like at the last council meeting it ended on a motion expressing confidence in the city manager and uh it also expressed disappointment about this court action. Uh, this was signed by everybody on council who wasn't councillors Stevens and LeBlanc. So <laughs> uh, the mayor signed it, obviously, and uh, all of the other councillors on the progressive wing signed it. And all the other councillors, no surprising. Yeah, I, I guess we know which way the wind is blowing on this particular case. Yeah. Yeah. Things are not festive in uh, Henry Baker Hall right now. And, you know, that has me concerned because I fear that uh, all the eggnog in the world is not going to restore city council to like a place of harmony uh, after the holiday season. So what if, what if, what if uh, like mayor tries to like, like to do a court action stating that Councillor LeBlanc is like a, a dumb doo-doo head or something. Do you, do you think, do you think that's possible? But then, but then like, you know, if, if they won, if the city won the lawsuit, then you'd have to go around with like maybe a, some kind of sign or plaque. You could get a t-shirt that said, uh, I won a term on Regina city council. And all I got was this dumb doo-doo head t-shirt. Yes. The, yeah. The we well, they're not getting a, a court action, but they did pass this motion, and it was interesting because uh, this motion there was like you have to do a notice of motion one meeting and then have the motion the following meeting, right? To consider a motion in the same meeting that you have the notice, you have to have like um unanimous assent of all the counselors present, right? So they brought this notice of motion expressing confidence in the city manager and disappointment effectively in LeBlanc and Stevens, let's be frank. <laughs> and LeBlanc and Stevens had to like recuse themselves from any voting on this because they're named uh, in, in the motion. So they left the room and then they got unanimous assent to consider the motion in the same meeting, which smirt because if they had like given the public a week to like rally the forces and come out to make presentations on this, uh, on this motion, it would have been a mess. There would have been, yes. yeah. There, emotions are running so high in the community right now around yeah. this this homelessness motion, this court action, all of it. People would have like there are a lot of people who one hundred percent support Councillor LeBlanc and Stevens on this, and they would have come out to show their support on this. There, motion. there is some discourse which I have which I have seen. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, yeah, they passed it, and they. Uh, so they 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 got the unanimous assent, and then only a few people spoke on it. Not Councillor, uh, not Mayor Masters, sorry, um, Councillor Nelson, formerly Councillor Shaw, uh, spoke on this and said uh, that you know this court action is a step backward for Council, and that she's embarrassed to be a City Council member because of this. Really, and you'd think that <laughs> Councillor Nelson, formerly Shaw, was pretty much embarrassment proof. <laughs> like, yeah. Like it'd be hard, it'd be hard to embarrass her. But I guess, I guess yeah. it's been done. 
I, like, I, I find it hard. Like, I mean, I, like I recognize and I can feel like how like upset a lot of people are on both sides of this issue. And I like, I don't, I don't even know how to approach it or how to discuss it. Like I'm, I'm much more comfortable talking about like friggin' bike lanes and parking spots. This is, this is, this is too fraught for me. Yeah. It's pretty darn fraught. I agree. Yeah. Uh, I think, um, I think we should do something like lighter, like for example, instead of like when somebody has a notice of motion, mm-hmm. they have to uh, set the notice of motion to the tune of Rico Kasich's "Emotion in Motion." Oh, I, you know, I can't even I can't even think of that song. Yeah, it's, can you yeah. hum a few bars? No, no, I will not okay. do that. Because right, I mean, so you don't from, get to make any notices of motion. Well, it's from 1986 when. Basically, the uh, the attitude towards melody was like, who cares? Right. So. Yeah. It was three notes. Motion in motion. My magical. Po- yeah, that was about it. Right. So yeah. there are other lyrics, but who like in there? Are, who cares? You know, there are verses, but yeah, who cares? Yeah. It certainly didn't consist of notes. Yeah. I guess by the time this airs, hopefully this will all have been sorted out. On the one hand. You know, I have questions about the efficacy of this of this court action. Like, if it's actually going to result in action on homelessness, on ending homelessness. Yeah, I don't know. Because um, you know, you you you've made an enemy of the mayor, and you know, you have like everybody, like eight councilors and the mayor voting to like basically say we're so disappointed in you. That can't yeah. that can't help any kind of like action going forward. But uh, I mean, at the same time. We've had, you know, years of promises to end homelessness and promises to like fix the housing crisis. So maybe, maybe a court action is what it takes to sort of like force movement on this. Certainly people are talking about this more than they ever have before. Uh, That is Um, true. More people are like energized by this notion that we could try to end homelessness in the city. So maybe it works. I like, I, I'm not going to try and prognosticate on this. So, I mean, it's, it struck, it struck me as a bit of a, political no-win situation either the the corp the, either the motion you know either the action succeeds and uh you've got a f- fractured and fractious council yep or it doesn't and then the council and and uh master mayors basically look like anti-progressive yeah. homeless hating stooges yep. so to speak uh which i'm sure they don't want yeah yeah. So, yeah. When, you know, it's not like, you know, we have had movement on, you know, ending homelessness and housing uh, under this council. And just in like recent years, there mm-hmm. was the um, the 120 Broad Street, the transition housing that's being built by Silver Sage there. Uh, you know, but again, it's only like, I think it's under 30 units. I think it's like 26 or 29 units that's being built there. Uh, when you have like a homelessness crisis of like, you know, hundreds of people, presumably uh mm-hmm. this is just a drop in the bucket but yeah you know our uh oh i should mention we're on 91.3 fm cjtr regina community radio we're the queen city improvement bureau talking about budget day because it so starts tomorrow uh possibly yesterday when you're listening to this but uh i also i don't like i i can't remember if we talked about this but um the idea that forcing something like this into the budget 
uh, instead of, you know, like in past, something like this would have been like a motion to consider this idea. And there would have been like a, you know, numbers attached to it. And council could then, you know, consider whether or not to add it into the budget. And the amount of money would have been too much. And they would have said no. Uh, forcing it into the budget the way Councillor LeBlanc has uh, kind of kind of requires administration to treat it like any other budget item, which means that it now has to be added to this like whole weighing of priorities game mm-hmm. where they have to try and come up with, you know, a line item for ending homelessness that is frugal and reasonable and uh, that uh, also, you know, like they have to balance, they, they would have to like, you know, look at their other priorities and decide if those are like, you know, how do they compare to ending homelessness? So you know, I think there was a certain wisdom into trying to like force it into the budget, but now I don't know, like, it doesn't look like it's going to be in the budget at all. And it's just like, now it's going to be this like fracture point for council for the remainder of their term. Yeah. Well, but however, uh, protest and this kind of action pushes the needle, pushes the envelope, uh, adjusts the Overton window. Yeah. Uh, So even if it doesn't, even if it doesn't result in positive action now, it's a net positive for the future. Yeah. Uh, that's that, that is actually my best, best hope that I can think of right now. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. yeah it's nice to see the Overton window shifting in our direction for a change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, need, I needed that breeze when you yeah. nudge that Overton window open. Yeah. And I'd like to be able to get out of the basement every now and then. Hopefully. I agree. And, maybe you know, maybe we can, window uh, we could throw open there. Exactly. Maybe maybe we could uh, shift the Overton window like enough to like escape through it. Yeah. Onto the other yeah. side of accepted cultural opinion. Yeah, and maybe to like a nice like a point where we get a nice view too. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'd love that. Yeah. All right. Um, well, let's see. What else is going on with the budget that's worth noting? Oh, something hilarious happened. Oh, it does have budget ramifications. And I actually feel kind of bad bringing this up. There was a procedure motion, a procedure bylaw change was passed at the last council meeting. And this was a lot of sort of, uh, what do you call it? Housekeeping stuff. So just, you know, you know, setting the dates for all of next year's meetings, but there were a few other little like tweaks to how uh, council would conduct their business. Now you'll remember last year when council did this, they made like massive changes. Like they were going to say, People can only make presentations to executive committee. They can't make them at council. So the council meetings will move faster. Uh, That exploded in their face and it didn't actually Mm -hmm. happen. So this year they did make a few little changes. One of the changes was they wanted to give people a little bit more time to uh, uh, get their delegation stuff in their, their applications to be a delegation to a council meeting. So currently there'd be an executive committee meeting on a Wednesday and you had to get your submission to be a delegate to the next week's council meeting, the Thursday after the Wednesday executive committee meeting. So you had like less than a day to decide that you're going to go mm-hmm. to council next week and write your thing up and send it in. So that's been extended to Monday from now mm-hmm. on. So you executive committee meeting on Wednesday and then the following Monday, you can get your delegation request in. And then on the Wednesday after that Monday, you present at council. So this just gives people like, you know, a weekend to sort of like, you know, make sure that their, their, their presentation is, is nifty. Um, the, the, what happened though, was normally what happens with procedure bylaw change is that it takes effect the January after it passes. Cause these things pass towards the end of a year. 
at council and then the bylaw comes the changed bylaw comes into effect January 1 but accidentally somebody used must have used like the wrong template and the bylaw as written up said comes into effect the day this is passed <laughs> <laughs> Councillors, the kidney act asked, hang on a second, when does this go into effect? Is this going to effect today? And mm. the city clerk was, no, 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 no. These things always go into effect January 1, but he didn't double check. So they passed it. And sure enough, uh, after the break, the, mayor, the city clerk had to come back and say, uh, we, we kind of passed that bylaw and it's in effect right now. <laughs> <laughs> so they could have gone back and gone through like a bunch of like, you know, votes so they could like reconsider and repass it. But what they decided instead is just to let it stand. And because the only council meeting that was left for the year was the budget council meeting. And it meant that everybody got like four extra days to prepare their delegations. So I like to think that there was only like, you know, maybe 40 people who were planning to attend and then 40 more people changed their minds, <laughs> decided to attend over the weekend <laughs> and all applied on the Monday. So, Yeah. But, you know, I feel bad because this is one of those things. It was, it was literally just like a silly mix up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the, the city clerk, uh, y- you know, he was very good natured about it. And, you know, but there's a little bit of egg on his face, but, you know, it's really not that big a deal because it really just, you know, impacted this one meeting. But uh, it is funny to think that, you know, if somebody like accidentally slip something in or if some you know some like ne'er-do-well in the clerk's office decides to like stick something in and i get a raise into a bylaw right. nobody catches it well oh. whoops we voted on it it's it's the law now and, or and we release the giant crabs yes yeah that's <laughs> much like, better i'm like ah so, somebody somebody get rid of these giant crabs they're like no you look at the bylaw it's they're here. They've, they've, they're, they're citizens of the city now. See, this is why you are the better uh, bureau member, because I would give <laughs> myself a raise. You would have released the giant crabs. That's Clearly, right. the city is better off with your plan. Yeah, and they would have they would have all like actually had their own houses in Coopertown. Right. And and that, the sports team would have been the Coopertown crabs. That's right. And then it would have been a motion to change Coopertown to Crabville and it would have been a real mess, but for yeah. a while it would have been hilarious. Um, <laughs> trying to extract taxes from crabs, yeah, monsters. Anyways, on that note, we should go to Innovative Revenue Tools because we are out of time. Uh, you sure? Although, although yeah. I, my my prepared Innovative Revenue Tool involved giant crabs, so I've, I've already used it up. Perfect segue then. We're back from Innovative Revenue Tools. Oh, delightful. So, delightful um, tools. Yeah. Uh, so the last council meeting, which I guess is what we're mostly talking about, uh, we have like, you know, something new to look forward to in 2023 is a municipal ward review. And you're probably saying, but Paul, didn't we just do a municipal ward review? And you, yeah, yeah, I was going to actually, I was going to say, didn't we do <laughs> this already? But okay. Yeah. We did. We did in 2019. Uh, SaskHealth came out with numbers saying that the population of the city was 226,929. And uh, that was in 2019. SaskHealth just released new numbers saying that Regina's population is 245,319. And when you look at 
the uh, like how the population is distributed around the city, you can't have like a ward, like all the wards have to be about the same population within plus or minus 10%. And when you look at these SASC health numbers, it's pretty clear that things are completely out of whack. And the minute that happens, that triggers a municipal ward review. Ward review? Yeah. Makes so sense. we don't even get to like decide. It's just as soon as there's like a number that comes out, if it's the census or the SASC health, uh, we have to do this. Uh, I'm so tired of reality telling me what to do. Yeah. And, you know, it means we have to draw all the maps again Ugh. and we have to like reorient ourselves to who we're voting with. And what if we're voting with people we don't like? I know. And oh, hiring cartographers, they're so yeah. expensive and they're so cantankerous. Yeah. Barely worth it. Yeah. Why so, do I want to pay like so much money for some cartographer to tell me I'm like an idiot? Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have no follow up. Uh, yeah. No, neither did I. I was trying okay. to come up with something related to like um, cartography, but I, I, it occurred to me that I really know nothing about it. Oh, uh, maybe, maybe uh, what if, what if, what if the inks that they use in the drawing of their maps uh, like gets into their bloodstream and they suffer from like cartographer's madness first, like, you know, with expressing itself initially through right. like through cantankerousness and then ending up with like, you know, them obsessively drawing Atlantis on various parts of, right. of world maps. Right. Cause they've got like too much, like, and they start to think they're a squid. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly it. And yeah. they, and the last thing they do usually is dive into the sea and attempt to jet ink, to evade, like, you know, the people trying to save them. Yeah. But that's not ink. No. Brother, that's not ink. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> there's not much more to say on this, except that it's going to, things are going to change. Yeah. Uh, the clerk was asked, okay, so what wards are out of whack? And um, he knows for a fact that at least wards one, two, and four are going to need changes. So those are uh, Stadnichuk's ward, Councillor mm-hmm. Hawkins' ward, and Councillor Brashani's ward. So those those three will be changing for sure. Um, sorry, I actually got a ward map up here. So ward one, so this is all the south of the city. Holy moly. Uh, ward yeah. one is Lakeview, and then is that, I guess it like juts over and then heads south. So it's everything south mm-hmm. of Albert Street uh, down to the edge of the city. And it includes the university and Lakeview. Um, Sorry, south of Albert? You said south of Albert Street. Sorry, east of Albert Street. East, okay, okay. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Hawkins is Ward 2. That's all of Harbor Landing. And also, I can't remember the name of the neighborhood, around Gordon Road and Parliament Avenue, but it's those two neighborhoods. Yeah. Is that Albert Park? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. And then... Uh, Brashani's ward, ward four, that's the southeast. So, again, mm. so you know, these are kind of not surprising. Um, Hawkins's ward, Harbor Landing, very dense neighborhood, lots of people right. are moving there. Lots, there's still, you know, it's just reaching full build out now. Ward four, that's where a lot of current development is happening because mm. that's like Green Zone Gardener, the towns, and um, yeah, that's the whole southeast of the city. So, yeah, a lot of people are moving in there. Oh. And, um, yeah, I'll be curious to see if this changes sort of the dynamic of the next election. Because Ward 4, that was Councillor Brishani. She ran unopposed. Uh, I know there was an election many, many elections ago when Councillor, um, uh, well, 
formerly Mayor Fougere, was Councillor Fougere. He ran unopposed at least once. So, uh, yeah. Um, so, it's, yeah, it's it, it will be interesting to see how this changes things. Uh, Hawkins, yeah, he's becoming more and more of this, like, uh, if he sticks with Ward 2, that's, like, becoming more and more of this suburban ward. Because uh, mm-hmm. he used to be... It used to be Lakeview and then Albert Park and then Harbor Landing. And Harbor Landing was kind of like the new thing with, you know, the new small thing that was added on. But now it's Harbor Landing is practically a ward in itself. It's getting to Ooh. be so because there's still Harbor Landing West that needs to get built. So, Jeez. yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised because we've got like Ward 9. I wouldn't be like, I don't, like, I don't know what the fourth ward is. I'm pretty sure there's going to be a fourth ward that needs big changes. Wouldn't be surprised if it's Ward 9 up in the Northwest. That's where Cooperstown's going in. There's a lot of development going on up there as well. So, so yeah, this will be interesting. And that is, what is Ward 9? Is that Mancinelli? I don't think it was Ward 10. Or Mole. But... Yeah, I think it's Ward, I think it's Mole. So, yeah. Huh. I look forward to the day when we have a new ward and just, like, blossoms into existence when our population bubbles up. Yeah. Oh, wait, no. Ward 9 is Councillor Mancinelli. Ward oh. 10 is Councillor Mole. Wow, okay. Yeah. And Ward 7, the other, like, northern ward, is Councillor Tarina Nelson. Ta-da! When did she become uh, Tarina Nelson? Uh, that wasn't too long ago. It was... Hmm. I can't remember what month it was. Um, yeah, it was... She... This is a personal detail. She shared it at council. So I, you know, I, I feel awkward bringing this up, um, but people have actually been asking a lot uh, about this on Twitter. Um, she, there was a divorce before she was a uh, member of council. Oh, okay. That, so I thought, I thought, oh, she got married. Okay. No, no, it was a divorce. And, you know, finally everything went through and she was able to go back to her maiden name. So, you know, congrats. Yeah. Good on you. So, you know, haven't exactly been, you know, like a counselor Shaw fanboy, but you know, I'm always happy when somebody can like make a life transition like that. Exactly. Yep. I agree. Yeah. All right. So where are we on the agenda? The other item that came up at the last council meeting was heritage properties. Ooh. Yeah. Love those things. We changed, we changed our heritage uh, rules recently. So, and this has been something for as long as I've been covering city council, city council has been just dogged by heritage applications. Every time one comes up, it's always been just a mess. You have like a lot of people who are very concerned about heritage uh, preservation, who rightfully say Regina has been terrible on this score. We've like torn down way too many good things like our fricking city hall, which was a gorgeous building. And they just knocked that sucker down. And, you know, all we have are a few photographs of it and, and regret. Hmm. Um, yeah. And our downtown, like what the, the, the stretch of downtown that we tore down to put up the Cornwall center as beloved as the Cornwall center is, uh, when you see pictures of what the North part of downtown looks like, it was kind of tragic that we lost all of that. So, um, yeah, we don't have a good track record on heritage. Uh, there was a lot of confusion about how our heritage holding bylaw worked. Uh, council didn't understand it. And uh, administration was frankly terrible at explaining where it came from, what it meant, and what it did. So we finally got a revamped uh, heritage bylaw that um, clarified how properties would be desig- would be like earmarked 
to be designated mm-hmm. as heritage properties. And once they became heritage properties, the kinds of incentives that they could access, which would be grants or uh, property tax exemptions to get this. Uh, this this was heralded by the development community as like a really progressive step forward. Uh, Ross Keith, the principal for NICOR Developments, who have done a lot of the heritage mm. uh, restorations around the city of apartment complexes, they were really they were really boffo on this. Uh, so this happened, and the goal of this change was council just did not want to have to deal with. You know, it's it, it. They felt like every single time there was a heritage application, they were starting from first principles, and they had right. to go through the whole process. They kind of wanted things to be simplified, sped up, streamlined. Um, so, uh, yeah, this happened this year, and a bunch of heritage applications came through uh, to get designation. And as soon as those designations came through, those properties then applied for uh, heritage incentives under the policy the council had written, uh, had well, had approved that administration had written. Uh, the, the applications for money just happened at this last council meeting on November, well, it was November 30th for executive committee, and then a week later. So December 7th or 4th, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the amount of city funding on these things was not like tremendous amounts of money. So like the Unitarian Fellowship was asking for uh, a maintenance grant of $2,500. And uh, there were some uh, houses that were asking for between two and $3,000 uh, for their properties. Um, the Albert Library was asking for $11,000 in a major sort of like restoration grant. Um, the former Salvation Army Citadel was asking for $35,000 in a grant. And again, these were all part of like a policy that administration wrote to make this work better and council approved. Hmm. Uh, The Regina Telephone uh, Exchange Building, uh, the Dark Block, and then the Prince of Charles Apartments on uh, 2121 15th Avenue applied. And uh, council got kind of hung up on the Prince of Charles Building because it was the first sort of uh, modernist building. So it was like, I think it was built in the 1960s. Mm-hmm. NICOR had bought it. It was in terrible shape. So they asked for a tax exemption for multiple years that would have resulted in, if this passed, and it did, it did pass, uh, that it would be a tax exemption amounting to a considerable sum of money, $639,000. So that's a big chunk of change. It is. Um, so what happened was... Uh, Council interrogated the hell out of this. They interrogated it when the heritage applications came forward. They interrogated it again when the uh, incentive applications came forward. And this is kind of frustrating to watch because the whole point of this whole process was so that we didn't have to sit through these (laughs) interrogations of every single heritage application that started from first principles, because these were the questions that were being asked, like, what what constitutes heritage? Why are we giving incentives to heritage properties? And uh, so it was, it was like this maddening process that we were um, wasting council's time again on so, through a process that was supposed to save us time. And funny how that works. Yeah. And one of these principles is that if, if a building like the Prince of Charles building gets this uh, heritage incentive, uh, it's assessed value goes up. And so going on into the future, there is higher pro- property taxes on the building. Hmm. And this is this notion of tax lift 
that city council freaking loves now. They're <laughs> all about tax lift. And so not only will it give like a tax lift to the Prince of Charles, but presumably the buildings around it will start to like invest because they see how cool the Prince of Charles is. And so their property taxes will go up and it'll just mean like everybody is like paying more money to the city. I can't so, wait. Yeah. I can't wait to, because I live, you know, within the proximity of Prince Charles. I sure hope this happens so I can pay more taxes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think you have to worry too much. <laughs> no. Because I don't know. I don't, I don't, well, I don't know. Maybe this tax lift thing is real. I guess we'll see. We get to find out because all these property tax exemptions passed. And uh, hopefully this will be the last for a while because I suspect what was going on is there was like this pent up demand right. for, you know, a whole bunch of people knew this process was going on because they were being consulted on it. As soon as the new policy passed, they applied. And, you know, as with a lot of things like this, I don't, this, there's not going to be another glut like this. And I think council mm-hmm. got spooked. They saw like, you know, whatever it is, like 10 applications come all at once. And they're like, are we going to be dealing with this every month? But I think that's not going to be the case. But I guess we'll see. Anyways, we're on 91.3 FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio. We're the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Ooh. And uh, hey, there is some Catalyst Committee news. Oh, nice. I'm, I'm interested in the Catalyst Committee because uh, it's a committee for um, catalysis. Yeah, yeah. And if I, had, um, if I had spent more time in my chemistry classes in high school, I might know what a catalyst is beyond, you know. Uh, I think a catalyst is somebody who raises cows. Yeah, I think you, I think you might be right. Yeah. So they, it must be like a metaphorical usage here, because in this instance, we're talking about the five uh, recreation projects. Right. That and we just we just have to figure out who the cows are in the metaphor. Right. Right. I think it might be all of us. I think that I'm we're the like, cattle. I, I think I think you I think you figured out where I was going with that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so uh, they, they pulled the cattle. On what they thought about the Catalyst project. And uh, the the results of this survey were just released. And they were very moving. Yes, they were. Sorry, that's that's extremely. (laughs) Um, Hang on, I was going to call up some like pie graphs. I got to say, I was. um, No, you did some work on this. I did. I did do some work on this. The first thing that I did was stare uh, agog at how perfunctory the report is. Um, I cannot believe that professionals uh, put this report out. It was um, the Catalyst mm. Committee survey report was uh, pie charts about each of the multiple choice questions. They were clearly just like the default settings on Excel. Uh, <laughs> so like effectively random colors right. chosen for each like segment oh. on it. And uh, each question got its own page in this report. And there were no headers. So if you were like coming into a section of questions midway through and you didn't know whether you were talking about the soccer field or the arena, you would have no way of knowing by looking at the pie chart just on the page. You kind of had to like keep flipping back and forth to know where you were. So this wasn't meant to be a document for serious, of, of any serious use, yeah. Yeah. Or worthy of study. It was yeah. there to say, look, we put out a report. Yeah. 
And uh, in the press conference, the co-chairs, uh, Councillor Hawkins and uh, real uh, director um, Tim Reed said, you know, this showed there was a lot of interest in this and that people are clearly like interested in how this goes forward. But I mean, when you look at the data, it's pretty clear that people are hypercritical about this. There's like a lot of like sort of mm-hmm. um, uh, suspicion about this. Uh, certainly, um, you know, I'm trying to like just even look at this and I'm having like my eyes have difficulty looking at these pie charts and dragging information from them. <laughs> uh, the, you know, um, I think like one of the, one of the things that we got from it is that people are like interested in seeing the aquatic center moving forward. That seems to be, uh, something people are, hmm. are cool with. Um, but other things, there's like more, there, there's like less, there's less commitment to these ideas. Uh, the arena, for instance. Um, the, also, people are like, uh, you know, interested in seeing something happen to the, uh, the arena, to the library. But uh, there's, once you start to dig into things, people aren't like necessarily like certain about how it should go forward. What I actually did is I took a look at there. There were the two questions that we flagged when we when you did the test test when you did the mm-hmm. survey <laughs> um, that were about the arena downtown and the library downtown and how within the multiple choice questions they linked these two things as though they were one project. So one question was there's a plan to uh, put the library and the arena downtown. Um, how do you feel about that? Rank your idea, rank the idea of putting those two things downtown. And then the follow-up question was, how do you feel about putting these two things side by side? Mm. And the, the question of, should we put the arena and library downtown came out to about 50, 50, almost uh, support and oppose. Whereas the idea of like putting them side by side, you know, pe- people clearly strongly disagreed with this idea just from the multiple choice questions, but you couldn't tell from the data that was provided through these pie charts, if people were like supporting the idea of putting these two things downtown because they liked the library downtown or they liked right. the arena downtown, or if they liked them both downtown, you just couldn't tell. Yeah. So like a madman, I went through there. They finally released all of the, uh, the long answer questions when, when the final question there was, you know, do you have any other comments on plans for the downtown? And people could like type stuff in. So I went through all 1,575 responses on that question that people had turned in and I identified 16 different um, response types that people had provided. And I ticked off, like I counted, I tallied each one of these responses and how many times they, uh, they responded to them. And one of the things that I wanted to find out is were people showing support for the arena or the library or did they oppose them? And, uh, when you, when you looked at things like this, it was pretty clear that um, people did not like the idea of the downtown having an arena. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it was, that was the idea that you opposed the arena in the downtown was the most common response in the long answer section by a huge margin. So there were 1,500 and something responses. 560 of those responses specifically said, I don't want the arena downtown. There was also another 325 responses that said, you know, you can't put stuff, more stuff downtown because uh, parking is a problem. So a lot of them didn't specifically say, I don't want an arena downtown because parking is bad. They just said parking is terrible. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you can kind of infer that of those 325 responses, most of them were identifying the arena as the new thing in downtown that would have made the parking even worse. Meanwhile, the second most common response at 440 responses was people saying they supported keeping the library in the downtown. So this idea to uh, co-locate the arena and the library had very, very little support. And as for like people who actually said, oh, this is a great idea. I think you should totally put the arena and the library side by side. There were only 70 responses um, to that. Wait, no, it wasn't even that high. 37, so 2.3% of responses to the Catalyst Committee survey said, yeah, put the arena and the library together. People who specifically said, don't put them together, um, that was like 13%. That was like the fourth most common response, 218. So um, I think like when you actually dig into, like if you ignore the multiple choice responses, which are, you know, the questions were incredibly leading and there Mm -hmm. wasn't a lot of information to go on. When you actually like listen to what people actually said, people don't want the arena downtown. Uh, Most people were saying, put it at the yards, put it out at um, the real district. Um, People are really suspicious of this idea to put the library and the arena side by side. So if the catalyst committee is actually going to be listening to the public and their recommendations are going to be driven by public input. Like this survey has to give them pause because uh, on things like the pool, which people, there was already a lot of buy-in on it. People want it and they want it at the sportsplex place. Um, There's already a lot of support for that, but all this other stuff that the catalyst committee is introducing into the discourse, people are not comfortable with any of this and uh, would really like to see more, um, you know, more of what they were expecting, which is just library downtown, pool out at the sportsplex, let the real district do their own thing with an arena to replace the brand center. And then as for like, as for the, uh, the soccer pitch and the baseball facility, again, very weak support for these when you take it out to the general public. So, so that's, that's where the, that's the state yep. of the catalyst consultation. Well, I'm pretty sure that the Catalyst Committee will look at the these responses and say, "Whoops, I think we're on the wrong track," and they'll uh, they'll they'll change course. Well, that that is what I am absolutely certain that they will do. Yeah. Well, I guess we're going to find out in January if they actually hit their deadline as they uh, as they have promised. I, I'm actually I'm actually really curious to see just how hard they're going to like double down and lean into the, the stuff they already wanted to do anyway. That's going to be kind of fun to see. Uh, yeah. Much. Yeah. And I think that if we, I think it's, it's one of these things where I think people have to be like hyper vigilant because there's going to, there's going to be ways to spin everything mm-hmm. to make it seem like there's support or there's like a logical reason for right. why they're doing this. Like, I think that there's going to be arguments about, you know, the kind of funding that's available that's going to like Trump, you know, these, these notions of um, public consultation. Mm-hmm. But the thing that worries me is that um, if we agree to put an arena downtown, we build an arena downtown, that's a decision we can't fix, you know, for a century. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, the people who wrote in, like one of the one of the common things that people were doing was uh, just, you know, offering up other ideas for things that they could be spending their energy to try and get downtown, like a grocery store or like more housing or better walking infrastructure. Mm-hmm. 
all things that would have far better success at activating the downtown. Um, if we just put in an arena and hope for the best, instead of listening to these other ideas that are all in the downtown plan already, right? Like arena isn't in the downtown plan, housing, right. walking, grocery store, these uh, recreation infrastructure, these things are all in there. Like we know this, there's already like, you know, there's already been experts consulted on this. So why we have to have this discussion is beyond me. I, th- I think, I think the, I think the thing is that if your priority is to have a livable downtown, that is to say a downtown, which is not just a hub for business, yeah. uh, but also a place where you, you expect residents to live and thrive, um, then you don't put gigantic things like arenas in there because those are basically gigantic blocks where, where no one can like it's it's like a blast zone it's like it yeah. almost feels anti-human in a sense yeah. it's only there for people to drive to show up make noise and leave again um it it basically it treats the livable downtown it treats the downtown like it's the outskirts of the city rather than what should be the heart of the city yeah yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, but if you don't care about the people who live in the downtown area, then you put up a gigantic arena and you tell, and you tell us live there exactly what you think of them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah. since, you know, questions about where are people going to park when they get downtown and, you know, that it was pointed out that a lot of the parking downtown is private and won't be able to be used by people who are downtown for, mm-hmm. you know, a Pats game. Uh, there's going to be enormous pressure to build more parking in our downtown that is already 46% surface parking lots. Um, yeah, we're just, yeah. Blast zone is like an excellent way to describe it because that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's a building that will be empty two thirds of the year uh, in their best case scenario. Yep. Yeah. Just- well, we'll see mid January we get to find out. So that's only weeks away at this point. Cannot wait. Ooh. Yeah. Oh joy. Well, on that note, we are running out of time. We should probably call this meeting. All right. So I move to adjourn. I second that motion. All right. Motion is passed. You have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau at 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio, tuned into the community. Your hosts are Paul DeShen and Aidan Morgan, music by Guidewire, a.k.a. Ryan Hill. Uh, We are broadcast Thursday evenings from 7 to 8, and we broadcast Monday afternoons from 3 to 4 p.m. Uh, yep, you can find us on the radio, obviously. Also, cjtr.ca slash podcasts. Uh, also, uh, com and queencityab on Twitter, as long as Twitter survives. Yeah, I think, uh, I think the Nerdcore Cabaret might be next. And uh, then there's music, and then more programming and music all on through the evening. Keep on improving the journey.